right, welcome back to the JTCC podcast. I'm Nicole Ponka, and today I have JTCC's Taka Bertrand and Megan Moulton Levy here to talk with me about all things college recruitment, UTR, and players' options after their junior careers. Thanks for having us, Nicole. I am Taka. I'm sitting next to Megan. And uh, we're both senior tennis coaches here. In addition to our responsibilities on court, um, I also assist our players with the college recruitment process. Uh, giving them advice and, and some feedback on where they stand. Hi, I'm Megan Moulton-Levy. Uh, I, like Taka, uh, am a senior coach, and one of the additional responsibilities that I oversee is just making sure that the kids have a well-rounded experience here and they and they leave here not only great tennis players, but great people as well. Awesome, thank you. So typically I host the podcast as a Q&A format, but today, because I have two experts in this topic's field, I'm going to kind of turn the mic over to both of you guys and let you freely discuss some of these talking points I have here, and then I might jump in with some related questions or comments. Yeah, no, as we mentioned earlier when we're sitting here, um, it's an exciting time, and I think in the tennis world, especially with all the changes going on in college tennis, um, in my opinion, it's, it's really changed a lot over the last five years. The scoring format, the recruitment process, um, quite frankly, the quality of play has really increased uh, improved across the board from Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. Um, so I mean, it's it's definitely a big part of the pathway. I I love the format. I've had some experience in college coaching personally. Um, I worked at three different schools uh, before coming back to junior development, and you know I've been able to use some of my experience to give feedback to our players and guide them while also keeping an eye on what's going on at the college scene. So I mean. It's been exciting, and it's it's actually been nice to come back to the junior side and be able to help out and, and give greater insight. Yeah, I agree with what Taka said. There, there are a lot of opportunities for, for the players out there, but I think we, what we're trying to do uh, well is educate them on all the various opportunities that they have. We're, we're holding this college showcase. I mean, we've called it the College Connect to really build the relationships between the players and the colleges at an early age so they can begin this uh, process a little sooner. What Megan and I noticed, uh, what sort of spurred this uh, event, was in advising some of our players and in working with some of the schools when, when, we, were, when we receive requests, we're always a little bit amazed at uh, which kids are more highly uh, sought after than others, uh, just having worked with them for a couple of years. And sometimes we feel like you know, although UTR is very popular, it's a great starting point. It doesn't always tell the whole story. And so that's something Meg and I always talk about. We were saying like, hey, you know, someone went under, you know, it's going under the radar who's actually potentially a really good player. We know what's going on. We see the work ethic. We're working with the player daily. And uh, I think that sometimes gets missed by someone who's recruiting who just doesn't have the advantages that we have in being able to see the player day to day. So we wanted to bring together an event that would be co-ed and uh, a lot of different levels and uh, give people an opportunity to be seen. Mm-hmm. So what's the format of the um, tournament in June? Like, What's the format of the event? How do you have it designed? So it's a progressive UTR event, and what that means is um, we have 90, I think 90 players signed up at the moment, and the lowest 32 UTRs will start on the first day, and then progressively we'll add 16 per day until the last day mm-hmm. so it really allows you to start when when you when you should I mean I, I don't yeah. know any other way to put that it uh, it you your entry point 
you come in whenever your UTR says relative to the rest of the participants. And what are the ages? So this is for colleges. What ages do you have in this tournament? So what we what we wanted to do is get incoming freshmen and players who are currently playing in college tennis, just so if oh, a college yeah. coach comes, they might be able to see how a junior player would, would fare against a, a current student athlete at a college. So we have from 14 to 25 playing. Oh, wow. That makes a lot of sense. I saw this... This is a progressive level tournament. I saw this format um, for the first time when I was traveling in Europe with two of my teammates one summer um, when I was in when I was at Vanderbilt, and uh, I was in France and my teammate was playing money level events. I I wasn't playing because I was injured at the time, but I saw this draw where she would start in the first round, and I noticed that there were people already in the quarterfinals and. Uh, maybe even one person in the semis mm-hmm. um, who were who were ahead of her. And I was wondering why I've never seen this before in, in the United States playing. But I started to realize that those players were quite good. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was kind of cool how she had to work her way through the draw to meet those players. And I think that's what makes, makes this event pretty cool, too, is it's progressive-based. So the top players are going to start later in the draw. And the younger ones, or the, the ones with slightly lower ratings, are going to have to work their way up. So it's not like when you go to a, a big event and there's a big mismatch in the first round. Maybe the one seed against a player who's much lower rated. Players are going to be categorized based on... I mean, they're going to be put where, yeah. where they are level-wise. Level is this new to the U.S.? Are you getting a lot of like questions about this progressive draw from people who have already signed up? Like, you're having to... Explain it a little bit. More. We've been hosting these types of events for the past year, so okay. I think quite a few of the participants have entered previous JTCC progressive UTR draws, so they're pretty familiar with it. I think we've done an excellent job at, at explaining it over mm-hmm. the website to alleviate some of those questions ahead of time. But I think what what this does for the players and it does for the coaches is. Um, not every coach is looking for a 10-plus UTR. Some are actually looking for a fours and a five. So it allows the coach to come in on a day that those that level player will be playing. And it allows them to see them train. It allows them to see them practice and, and makes the use of their time as well. So where in the timeline is this um, tournament falling as far as the college recruitment process? Like The national deadline was May 1st, right? So that's when kids have to decide where they're going to school so is it kind of like this is like the beginning stages of the college recruitment process or that's a really difficult question to answer <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> uh, who knows when is the right uh, oh. point in the recruitment process yeah. I mean it is uh, it's really tough to give advice because it's so it's so uh, different yeah. per kid it really depends on where you're at mm-hmm. uh, in terms of your your level and what kind of tournaments you're playing but uh, just broadly speaking, this is the start of the summer, and uh, we like the timing of this event because it's it's about two weeks before Battle of the Berg, which is our section's biggest tournament. Um, I also I also like this event because, like Megan said, we are working with not only our players' families but also the college coaches. We're trying to give as much information as possible about when players might be starting. Um, we're going to give as much feedback to the coaches as possible so they can plan their trips. And we're really trying to facil- facilitate uh, the recruitment process between coach and player and make it and make it as meaningful as possible. Whereas, you know, if you go to a tournament, the tournament director is really not there to uh, bridge the gap between mm-hmm. uh, coach and player. But here we're actually we're actively working to make that happen. And I think that's that's pretty neat. 
I mean, this is this is the goal of the event, mm -hmm. and you know, um, it's solely dedicated to that, and allowing these kids to start to build relationships with some of these college coaches already. And the nice thing is we made it competitive because that's one of the things, if you go to a showcase, you don't really know how hard someone's competing, but when you know when matches are being recorded, results yeah. are being recorded, you're going to get someone's mm -hmm. best effort. Sometimes, you know, I can remember when I was a college coach recruiting, if you go see someone play a set, you just you, if it's not an organized tournament, you really don't know what the person's going to be like under real pressure. Yeah. But since there is, a, there is something on the line here in terms of maybe a rating, I mean, you, sh you still shouldn't be too fearful of that but it just makes it more competitive more genuine um you really get to see what someone's going to be like in that tournament setting the, the other thing that we've added in the event is an opportunity for the players to earn a travel grant mm -hmm. uh, we we realize that um, tennis is expensive the summer is coming around the corner there are a lot of expenses related to travel and just to this is what makes this a unique event that they get to come in, they get the opportunity to, to earn some money towards their travel this summer, and they also have the opportunity to be seen and build these relationships with the college coaches. And it's all at home for most mid-Atlantic players, they don't have to go too far away. So it's, um, we're, uh, we're trying out a new format, and we hope, it, we hope it runs smoothly and well, and we can continue to hold these types of events. How many college coaches do you guys have coming so far, and from, from where? All over? Right now we have about 30 committed, but mm -hmm. we're expecting more. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that we're doing at this event, which is kind of unique, is we're allowing kids who are not members of JTCC to stay on and train that mm -hmm. week of of camp. I mean, there was a special yeah. entry for kids interested in that, and I honestly thought that was the biggest steal of the summer in yeah. terms of training and being able to play a tournament at the same time. Um, one of the one of the things that you you encounter when you're playing in a tournament and you're trying to be recruited is maybe you lose first round, maybe it's not your best performance, and then you're out, and you're, you don't really have a chance to be seen. Here, you know, if win or lose, you're going to have an opportunity to train. We can organize set play. We mm -hmm. can organize training sessions, give kids an opportunity to be seen. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is. If you go out first round, you still can train during the week. We can still set up a time for you to meet with a coach potentially. So, uh, again, this was more about visibility, bringing people together, and like Megan said, making it very affordable. It's at our, our home courts, mm -hmm. one site. You're not going to be competing between several sites. Uh, so, I mean, we're adding everything. <laughs> Trying to, at least. I mean, we, we, we've been talking a lot about UTR, but uh, Taka was alluding to the fact that there are some flaws with the UTR. Um, it's not a perfect science yet, but... It, the way that we've been using it and using the platform is just to give players, adults of all level, all genders, an opportunity to compete against a diverse set of mm -hmm. opponents. Um, we, we, I think the first UTR event we held, there was a under 10-year-old playing a 60-something-year-old and the 10-year-old the won. Mm -hmm. So it really does give you a, a, a good base for... A, level play mm -hmm. and how you move on from there who knows but it gives uh, a, a good starting point for good competitive matches so is the utr system enhancing and motivating motivating players or is it becoming a little bit of a stressor or both i think it's becoming a huge stressor and mm -hmm. somewhat of a distraction okay uh which we're obviously trying to work with players about how to um 
pivot them or redirect them yeah. to improvement and not looking at this rating because it really, it, as I said, it's a starting point and based on the people that you compete against, your your UTR could be limited to your, your competition pool mm -hmm. or you might be a, a nine but you've been competing against eights and the, it just kind of rates you around what you play. So it's a good starting point, it's not 100% accurate, um, but the way that we have been using it running these events has been very useful. And how are college coaches using UTR now for college recruitment? I think they're using it extensively, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I feel similarly to Megan about UTR. I do think there is there's value in it. Um, but personally, I mean, I don't really like it. Yeah. I, I, I don't really like being told I'm a number yeah. or you know, people value my level of play. It's really, in my opinion, no one else's business how I'm playing. <laughs> I've played matches uh, where I've won 7-5 and a third, and I, I thought it wasn't close. And I've lost matches 1-1 one one where I thought I was in it on every game. And to say that there's a huge difference in the match or that this, this is really something beyond what it is and it's just an experience between two people, you know, it's, it's, you know that's what we're saying. Like, I think there's a lot more going on than what you see on UTR, but it's definitely, it's definitely useful in, evalu in valuing a player in terms of general idea of the level. The first time it was introduced, uh, I would say probably, you know, seven, eight years ago, I was sitting in a in a meeting at the coaches convention in Naples, and it wasn't very well attended. You know, people weren't taking it very seriously at the time. And to see how much it's changed over the last couple of years, and now it's, you know, it's, it's the go-to mm -hmm. when you start your recruitment as a college coach, it's definitely playing a bigger role in, in our game. But... I, you know, if I give advice to kids, it's you can prepare as much as you want for the college recruitment process, or you can do nothing at all, and you're probably going to end up in the same place. <laughs> well, that's brutal. <laughs> I don't say that directly, but that's really how I feel. Yeah. I just think the market's going to work yeah. the way it's going to work. Yeah. But I do think this relationship building, getting to know coaches, uh, allowing them to see you as more than a number is a big part of that. And sooner you start it, um, and the the... The better you communicate, I think it gives you a, a, a better opportunity to maybe get to a school that you want to you want to attend. Yeah, I've been traveling primarily with the younger age groups over the last uh, two years, like the 12s and 14s. I've had a chance to really get to know that age group better, and it's it's been great to watch kids develop. And mm -hmm. to see what they're truly like on the court, how they interact with their friends, their families, what kind of work ethic the kid has. And that, to me, I mean, if you, if you have the luxury of being able to track that from 12 to 16, 17, you really, you really get to know the player a lot better than if you're just jumping in on the process and you're seeing a kid in 16s or 18s for the first time. So in terms of recruitment, I would say if you had that luxury, you'd be in a better position. Yeah. But obviously that takes a lot of time. You have other responsibilities as a college coach. So uh, you're, you have to rely on feedback from other people. You have to rely on ratings. And you just have to go with your instinct. But I, I think what's nice about this event is, you know, you go to a 16s or 18s, you're seeing primarily kids around that age playing. Mm -hmm. Here you could, you could catch a 13-year-old playing, you know, a 16-year-old. Yeah. So you get, a, you get to see a bunch of different age groups mm -hmm. at one event. Has and this been done before, like, 
around here, this UTR showcase? Well, it's hybrid. been done where they separate boys and girls. Yeah. It's been done in a in a showcase, not a not a progressive event like mm -hmm. we're holding. Not a as Taka mentioned, not a competitive setting. It's been more like, oh, come watch me play. Yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm gonna compete. I'm gonna try and claw someone's eyeballs out <laughs> and then see yeah. what I'm really made of. Yeah. And I think this is the environment that we're trying to create because not all of our players get the chance to travel out to California or tra travel mm -hmm. to Kalamazoo where all the college coaches are there and they get to be seen in, in that competitive environment. So we, we wanted to bring that competitive environment here, again, making it more affordable for mm -hmm. our players who might not have the means to do it or the ranking to get out there. But, hey, we can bring that here. And... Um, if you're 14, then you get a jump start at this process, and maybe, as Taco was mentioning, the coach gets to see you in your your natural environment. Maybe gets to see you around your friends, because they'll be here all week yeah. observing. Um, so this is really, I don't think is has been done yet. Uh, of course, I think it's groundbreaking, but I don't know. If anybody <laughs> else no, that. it's <laughs> that's that's yeah. No, that's exciting. If it hasn't been done yet, and and you know, you guys are kind of the first to and forget the if you forget the recruitment process for a moment, it's yeah. I think it'd be fun to play a co-ed event. Yeah, I mean that's something you don't get to experience in the section or uh, at the national level, and to play someone who's much older than you or just someone you don't normally get to see. Yeah, um, I I think that's fun. Yeah, it, for for us as developmental coaches, we want these kids to develop right mm -hmm. and if if you play the same type of people same age same game style you there's a limit to how much you learn from that experience and, um, <laughs> open and there's also uh, there's also nothing quite like i haven't made much money playing tennis but megan can allude to it there's nothing like making there's money yeah. like <laughs> at an event yeah absolutely no, so I'm, you know the top finisher walks away with a thousand yeah. okay. what second place is 650 650 i mean for that's yeah. that's some good money for the yeah. summer. For you, whether you yeah. want to use it for your travel or you want to go get yourself you something a little bit nice. Okay. <laughs> so, are we like encouraging all the JTCC kids to come out for this? Or? Yeah, most of them have committed to it, yeah. which is great. That's, good. that's well, good. Really, the goal was not just for JTCC kids. Yeah, it, it's for, it's for we want to make this recruiting process a little bit easier for mm -hmm. all the kids in this area. Mm -hmm. We both played college tennis. We know what it's like. We know how difficult it is. And Taka's been doing a tremendous amount of work trying to help these kids get, get, it, get into school. And, you know, we, we see that it's only the top players that are being looked at and the ones that did maybe the second tier aren't feeling very optimistic about mm -hmm. this process. But there's so many opportunities out there. We really want to educate the parents, the college coaches as well, and the players of... of of what's going on in the, in, out there in the world makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's um, there's so many different levels at the college level mm -hmm. too. Yeah. So I think whenever we we're talking to one of our kids who might be a little <clears throat> ambivalent about the process, maybe second guessing, can I play at the college level? There's so many opportunities mm -hmm. out there. It might not be one of the power five schools, but certainly there are other schools looking mm -hmm. to build their team and um, need players yeah. and are in the you know, same, same boat. Can I, can I get kids to come here? So, it, there, you know, th there's, nothing, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. I remember when my first job in college coaching was at the University of Chicago, and I thought, 
when I first went there, I just thought, oh, it's it's Division Three. It's it's uh, this is too weak. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was the best experience of my life working there for those for those three years. Yeah. I mean, the kids were extremely smart, extremely motivated. Mm-hmm. Every year, it felt like the biggest deal when we got to the Final Four. We're trying to win a national championship. It felt no different than my time at Vanderbilt, except mm-hmm. the kids were a lot smarter than we were mm-hmm. and worked a lot harder at school. But we, I mean, we had a blast, yeah. and I loved working there. And so when I hear a kid serves, you know, you know, a little hesitant about looking at Division Three, I'm thinking to myself, it's gotten so much stronger. I'm not even sure you could play Division Three, <laughs> but that just goes to show that you know college tennis across the board has got a lot better. Yeah, and there's still a lot of opportunities, but you gotta you gotta do a little bit of research. But you also, I think you, you were getting to that, too. You have to have an open mind. Mm-hmm. We're losing out a lot of scholarships to foreign players because they they don't know where Missouri is. They yeah. don't know. They yeah. don't care. They're like, oh, I can get money. Someone will pay for my education. And um, some of the American players are a little bit more um, picky. Yeah. And... Sure, you, but you might lose out on some opportunities that that uh, someone from South America or Europe, they're, yeah. they are waiting for you to not take it so they can take it. I think it's so funny that it's still like that because that's exactly how my dad ended up at a small school in Tennessee was right. they were the first ones to contact him and they were like, scholarship, and he was like, I'm coming. And they were like, do you want to see campus? Or like, And he was like, you're paying me to come there? I'm, I'm coming. Then he ended up there. So... I find it funny that, you know, that was forever ago, so it's it's still kind of like that. There's still kind of that attitude. Taka did a look at the numbers, and, the, you know, the, the tides are really turning here. Where yeah. We don't have as many American players competing at D1, D2, D3. Hmm. I mean, the, the majority starting to shift to foreigners. Yeah. Inside the top ten, you know, I've looked at numbers mainly on the women's side. Inside the top ten, we have the most Americans in terms of percentage of players on the roster. Yeah. The most desirable schools, Stanford, Duke, you know, UNC, uh, you can name it. But uh, as you go down in rankings, that's when you really see a growing foreign presence. And that's sort of what we're talking about here is kids are saying, hey, maybe I don't want to go to this part of the country. It's not a very prestigious school. I want something different. Very just, you know, which is fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, that makes sense. But you're, you're dealing with a market that is looking at it with a naked eye and just mm-hmm. saying, hey, I, I want to come mm-hmm. to the United States. Yeah. Um, so I think I think Americans are playing very good tennis right now. That's something mm-hmm. I noticed when I went to Japan for three weeks. I was really proud of uh, how our kids did mm-hmm. against foreign competition at a grade A and a grade two event. I think we're playing really, really good tennis, and I think college coaches shouldn't pass up yet. On yeah. some of the Americans that might not be where the rating of international player is yet, because I think our tennis is quite strong. Whether our kids are having enough opportunities to improve their UTR is another story, mm-hmm. but I think the American juniors are playing very, very good tennis right now. And I think if they're open-minded, they will have a mm-hmm. lot of opportunities at the, the collegiate level. So shifting gears just a little bit, let's quickly talk about options for players after their junior career ends. Maybe some don't consider going to college or aren't interested maybe some are trying to get to the pros and maybe some are just like I'm I just want to play for fun or whatever so what what are some of those options because there might be a lot of 17 18 year olds out there who are a little bit confused on what to do after well 15 years of playing tennis I think 
Um, look, it's a it's a big commitment to play college tennis, and yeah. we were both animals and diehards, and we loved it. And we, I don't want to speak for you, but this is at least how I think your <laughs> your experience was. And that's not for everyone. And assuming that you you go on to a college or a university setting, there's club tennis, mm -hmm. and that's actually getting quite com competitive because not everyone wants to continue to commit during their their college college time um, so that's a that's a great option for people who have have who are heavily invested in tennis and maybe don't want as big of a commitment but still want to be a part of a team and still want to play tennis the thing that they've done for 12 to 15 years so there's there's one option there again it's so difficult to advise yeah it just depends on what your prior priorities are I really never thought about playing pro tennis mm -hmm. Uh, once I finished high school, I was always going to go to college tennis. Mm -hmm. uh, quite frankly, I wasn't good enough to play pro tennis. But um, even in in college, uh, I never really thought about leaving to go. Mm -hmm. I never thought about using college tennis as a vehicle to go to the pro ranks. Mm -hmm. And I always, I also just wanted to go to college. I really like school, and I really mm -hmm. like studying mm -hmm. um, and learning new things. Mm -hmm. I think Megan's very similar, mm -hmm. so I didn't want to pass up that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, I was looking at schools that. Uh, had majors that I thought were interesting, and um, I just wanted to continue my education. I think a lot of our kids, I think a lot of our kids want to continue their yeah. education as well. I think we're getting a few more kids than, you know, what I noticed when I was training here, saying, I want to go pro, I want to mm -hmm. go pro, I want to go pro, but um, it's very difficult, yeah. and I think even if you have that mentality, you should prepare to go to college. You should graduate on time. You should plan to take the standardized tests. Mm. And, uh, you, I mean, I think you should, it should be one of your options, whether it's your first option. That's a different story. But we wanted to go. Meg and I, we both loved it, wanted to go play hard. I think it's fine to go to school where you can really divide your time 50-50 if you want or maybe even focus more on academics and just be, have, you yeah. know, be very honest to what your priorities are. I would say when I was coaching at uh, Division three school, kids cared a lot about how we did. Um, in tennis and we're very very committed but we we did some things that we didn't do that when I, that I experienced when we were at Vanderbilt they didn't have organized strength training mm -hmm. I mean we did a little bit but it wasn't the extensive amount that we did when I was playing but it allowed them to do a lot more with school mm -hmm. it allowed them to go to all their office hours with their professors mm -hmm. and to take their majors very seriously and to work on applying for internships and that was just seeing that I just noticed it was a big difference we were we were pretty busy when I was when yeah. I was playing. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're, we're avid learners, but we also had to be exceptional athletes and yeah. completely dedicated to that. And sometimes I feel like I missed out an opportunity to really be to 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 learn and and have the time to really commit to that aspect of my brain. You know, mm. to really become a college student and not a college athlete. Sometimes I regret playing tennis in college because I, yeah. I, I, I wanted to be a student. Yeah. But, you know, I would never change my experience, mm -hmm. never change it, because I can still continue to learn and I'm still doing it. So, no, I mean, I wanted that experience. And I think quite a few of our players here at JTCC want that experience. As long as they can carve out the time and continue to commit to their education, too, I... Like Taka, I think they should use it as a as a stepping stone if 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 their level of tennis keeps improving uh, during their time in school 
then absolutely they should they should pursue tennis professionally. Right. Well, thank you. Any closing thoughts on anything? You want to put a little plug in for your event in June? Entries closed. No more emails. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Deadline's over. <laughs> no, we're excited to see where this event uh, event takes us. I think it's it's pretty cutting edge. Nobody's ever done it, and um, uh, hopefully, this is the first of many. We would and love for it to be just a part of the schedule yeah. moving forward yeah. at, at College Park. Um, plan to do this next yeah. year and uh, make it even better. Is registration actually closed? <laughs> we're we're very generous tournament directors. Yeah, we are. We are. Uh, we we have a cap of ninety six players just okay. to make sure because some of the kids are still in school. Yeah, to make sure they they can actually get their schoolwork done and then come and play. So. Yeah. 96 players. We're at about 90 right now, so there's a there are a few open slots here. A few open a slots. Few. All right. Yeah. Well, let's see. This episode goes out on Monday, so sorry for you. Those those <laughs> spots may be filled already, but maybe this will be a regular thing, and we'll have have one of these next year too, right? Yeah. All cool. right. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you, Taka and Megan. If you have any questions about college recruitment or UTR, you can contact either of them by phone or email. Be sure to check out JTCC on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and subscribe to be notified when a new episode is up. I'm Nicole Ponka, and thank you for tuning in.